In the podcast system, sexually awkward situations are considered absolutely hilarious. In the state of Texas, the dedicated G's who regurgitate these gag-worthy stories are members of an elite squad known as the Kiss Me Fapple Unit. These are the stories. <laughs> I don't know what the fuck to say, so I was just like, I'm just gonna fucking. I don't know. I was literally thinking as you were giving the intro, I was like, what am I gonna say? I've already said, oh, let's say, you know, we've all said the fucking sound bites and everything. Um, but yeah, like, welcome back. It's been a fucking Happy while, friend. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. It's it's a new year. Uh, we are a couple days mm-hmm. away from my birthday. Mm-hmm. Not, ex- not that excited about it, but it's cool. Like it is what it is. Birthdays come, birthdays go. Whatever. Um, updates since when is the last time? It was like the beginning of January, right? That we were no, we no, recorded December. before then. December, yeah. So we took another monthish off. Um, I had to move, get some things, shuffle my <clears> life up, <throat> and then you, friend, got engaged. I did. I got engaged on January the 2nd. I proposed to Zachary, my love. Okay, so I want you to tell the listeners what the meaning was behind you proposing to Zach on January 2nd, 2023. So so what's funny is Zachary and I have always been super cheesy about certain stuff. Um, We thought that his brother was actually going to propose to his longtime girlfriend, in December, so we kind of axed that out. Uh, I mean, I did ax that out in regards to, like, uh, using that month to propose to him, even though it marked our four-year anniversary on the 3rd of December. Um, I didn't want to take any, like, spotlight away from somebody or feel like I was intruding or anything like that. So for me, I was like, all right, cool. Plus, I'm not going to lie. I, I don't it's, – it's, like, I like cheesy, but I don't like corny. And I feel like people who propose, like, on Christmas or New Year's um, – eve or like new year's day that's kind of like robbing the opportunity from you enjoying that holiday i mean again propose to when folks whenever the hell you want i don't give a fuck but for me it was just like they're kind of corny now you know because everybody does it so for me i like wordplay so the reason why i chose uh january the second is because when i proposed to zachary i asked him um will you marry me? And he said, yes. And I said, great, because I won the number one, which is the first month in January, and then Mm -hmm. the number two. I won two. Spend the rest of my life with you. Hence the reason why I chose January 2nd. So where did that Uh, come from? Did you just off the dome? Literally just freeballing it, to be honest. Oh, freeballing it. Just freethinking it. (laughs) Spitballing. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah, no. So I did it, you know, and he... It was interesting because when the way that I was able to do it and stuff, I um, I got his phone ready to record it and I had, cause I had to use my phone. Um, I had always wanted to propose to somebody um, using Adam Sandler's Grow Old With You song that first appeared in The Wedding Singer. Wedding Planner. The Wedding Singer. No, yeah, yeah mm-hmm. I said The Wedding Planner. The Wedding Planner. Yeah, where he this. did the whole thing on the whole bit plane. on the mm-hmm. plane. Yeah. Yes. You know, you've been <clears throat> saying that for a really, 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 really long time. Oh, yeah. Remember, because I thought I was going to do a Daniel, but then, of course, we didn't work out, so... Not yeah, your just... recycling proposals. <laughs> oh, well, my no, God. But I, no, but I never did it with Daniel. That's what I'm saying. I never no, no, I know. Well, the idea. Recycling the idea. But yeah. no, no, it's fine. It never happened, so it's not like mm. it happened. Um, but yeah, so, congratulations. Thank you. Um, you and then... Yeah, I mean, so that, that's interesting, right? Because, like, you know, on the further ep- on the future episode, we'll dive into it, like, what it means for us. I mean, obviously, because we're still in the polyamorous adventure. 
uh, of our life as well. So um, I'll have a little bit more on that on the next episode. But you got a disclaimer because we're going to have a special guest at the door today. So, uh, yeah, super special guest. I think a lot of people have been anticipating this guest. Um, we were supposed to record this uh, at the end of December, but life gets in the way. Things happen and it is what it is. But we're here now. So that's the good thing. So, yeah, I'm going to go ahead and give the disclaimer. Uh, you as a listener are deciding if this is a conversation or a confrontation regarding the topics we address <clears throat> on this special episode. And also warning, this episode contains difficult materials such as assault, traumatic experience, and emotional distress. Listener discretion is advised. Uh, also, um, if you are a veteran in crisis or concerned about one, please dial 988 and press 1 or 800-273-825 for the National Crisis Hotline. That's available to all. Look at us growing. We got numbers and shit. Look at that. Man, look at me. Well, you know you got to cover all angles. <laughs> said, you got to cover all angles. You know what he I mean? No, but it's me, important, too. Me. No, but it's important, right? <laughs> right, right yeah. Um, But yeah, I'm super nervous. Oh, should I introduce him since you're super nervous? No, I mean, I have the introduction, but I'm just, oh. you know, I just thought if I talk about it, it'll just fall off, you know? Whatever. Okay, so... I'm not gonna lie. I kind of wish I had a soundbite for uh, member Ti's "Bring Them Out." Boom, boom, bring them out, bring them out. Oh, that'd be so dope. <laughs> All the dope boys, hey, bring them out. Yeah, yeah. That's your sound. Yes. All right. So I did want to give an introduction as to the reason why I chose to highlight them um, was because of their unique background. Uh, more and more, we are starting to see an emergence of these heroes—heroes heroes who not only serve their country but also doing it by living out loud in their truth. Uh, breaking barriers and moving the needle against the stigma that queer men can only look and act a certain way. So, ladies and gentlemen, fatties, without further ado, um, introducing Chris Brawley. Um, he is going to be speaking not only as a gay man, but as a veteran who served time in the military. Chris, are you there? Also, don't sugarcoat it. This is your man. <laughs> It, it very much so is, but I didn't, you know, I don't want to lead with that. Like, this is his introduction. This is about him, right? It's not okay. about us. But we'll get to that. You guys, you'll, people will get the, um, the behind-the-scenes exclusive, I guess, a little bit. We won't make it too much about us. Yeah. But, yes, let's do an icebreaker. Yeah. So, Chris, I'll go ahead and help you out just because you're supposed to introduce yourself. Start off with, hi, I'm Ray's man. So that no. way he doesn't sit there and come at you <laughs> later on and talk about, why didn't you introduce me in the beginning? You know? Exactly. <laughs> lies. All lies. All lies. That's not, yeah, no, not true. Okay. Whatever. No, but actually, I'm actually glad that we get to talk to Chris now because Chris, my guy, I am a, a little bit appalled at you because you sat there and shat on my home city's like known spot, Chico Stacos, and said that shit was mid- uh, and I was like, oh, excuse that me? That shit wasn't mid. That shit was skunk bunk. It was <laughs> oh, trash. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay, you know what? I wish I had like a, like a bunk uh security. I wish I would have had that because that, that, those <laughs> fighting words there. <laughs> we, no, we did go. We did try it. Um, I was a little bit hesitant on trying the tacos, so I think I got like a hot dog or something. And Chris, what did you get? Uh... <laughs> you got <laughs> But I will say there was a long line. There was a lot of people there. So maybe well, it's like El Paso's version of Whataburger. Not gonna lie. <laughs> Isn't that true? Mm -hmm. Whataburger. 
what I'm just saying, like when you go to Texas and stuff, that like you know, there's long lines for Whataburger. Um, I mean, like when you go to Dallas, especially you know, like at random times of the day, yeah, for the most part. But anyways, so Chris, do us a favor. Um, let's see. <sighs> so, how long did you serve in the military, and what uh, government branch did you serve in? I I served for four years and uh, I was in the army, did aviation and med- medicine. Okay, look at you. Um, did y'all ever like crack on each other for like the acronyms that you know the military branches are known to like make towards one another? Like, army stands for aren't real Marines yet, and then Marine stands for muscles. Um, was it muscles are required, intelligence not expected? Yes, <laughs> and then uh, you. U.S. Army spelled backwards is yes, my retarded ass signed up. <laughs> oh, yeah, we talked about that. He did say that. Wow. No, it's funny because I used to date a guy who that's what he he was the one who gave me like the general breakdown about these acronyms and stuff like that. And I was like, oh, my God. But yeah, like it's just like kind of like a ball buster between, you know, you know, one to the other. I forgot what the Navy stand for or something like that or which or the Coastal Guard or whatever the hell that is. I don't, you know, but um, <laughs> But again, um, thank you for serving. That's amazing. My cousin um, actually has been serving now, I think, on her eighth or tenth year. So nice. Easy's? Mm-hmm. Yep, Easy's. Mm-hmm. That's how oh, actually yeah, she that's got her right. citizenship, too, because she's from Mexico and she had her green card and all that stuff. But yeah, she got her, her citizen when she became a, a soldier. Oh, that's awesome. I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Okay, Chris, what made you decide to join the Army? <laughs> I still don't know to this day. <laughs> Honestly, it, that's one of those things that I thought about, and um, I wanted to do the Air Force. However, I wanted to do something in medical, and the Air Force told me that I was going to be on an 18-month waiting list in order to even leave my like leave my town. So being in that area, I just didn't want to take that risk because a lot of my friends were either in prison or winding up dead. So I just I took the easiest way out. Okay. How old were you? Uh, 17. Oh wow. 17. So how's the process go? Like you went and you saw someone or someone came to your house. Like, how does it work? <laughs> I was an ROTC nerd. <laughs> oh, okay. I think everyone is just like a prereq, right? Before you go into Oh, any... no. Oh, no. People join without any experience. But um, they kind of show up a little bit more to those areas because they know that we're looking for some sort of military structure. Mm, okay. All right. That was your... Oh, sorry. I was, no, I was gonna ask you. So, you joined. Um, well, hold on. Actually, I was gonna leave the question what? about that. So, Chris, you said that you don't necessarily rem- you don't you, you still to this day don't know why you joined in. Can I ask you a personal question? And, yeah. and you know, okay, great. So, um, as a black man in America, um, I know that a lot of options are limited in the sense of a high school experience, right? Like if you said, you know, some of your friends were out there dying or, you know, going to prison. Did you ever feel like it was this or nothing? Oh, no. Um, I was working in healthcare in school and was getting certification for certain things. Um, So I knew that I was going to be in healthcare. I just wanted to go the best route for me. I knew that college wasn't my thing. I hate school. So, um, I took what worked best for me in that sense, so I can still practice medicine. Mm. Okay, okay. Um, <laughs> so, how was how did your first day at boot camp? How did that feel? <laughs> um, lonely. 
lonely and scary, but with about 600 other soldiers or people that are trying to become soldiers that are in the same boat. So you um, kind of have a sense of comfort and security in the fact that you're both struggling. So how does that, so how did your first day look like when you got there? Because, you know, you see the stuff on the movies. I really don't know, right? Um, so we you show up? We, we show up for reception and they check you in, verify okay. all your documents, your social, your birth certificate, your high school diploma, um, all the stuff they should have done before you got on that plane. <laughs> yeah. But they do it there. Um, and once they do, you're sitting in processing for about three days. That's when you're getting all your shots. You're getting uh, acclimated to certain things, like put on schedules for child time and uh, just basically getting prepared for what you're getting ready to endure. Now, once you get to your actual unit and <laughs> you hit basic training, now it's changed a lot since I was in. Um, they have a lot more of a softer approach, but it mm -hmm. used to be straight off the bus. You're getting your ass handed to you. They're screaming at you, degrading you, uh, doing any and everything they can to break you down so that way they can build you up in the version or image that they think is best for you. So like that first week, that first day, that's scary as shit. <laughs> Like you, you get off the bus and immediately someone's screaming in your face, pushing your bags, like drop down, give us push-ups, do all kinds of shit. Like you're getting smoked, which is basically their way of chastising us by form of exercise. We're getting smoked every freaking 10, 20 minutes. <laughs> but wow. It wasn't so, bad. So like, when do you get your uniform? Like, do you get it during boot camp or is that something that you get after you like finish uh, you boot get, camp? You get that your first night. Um, oh, Okay. They usually do more of your like your service uniform. They usually give you that towards the end of basic training because a lot of soldiers lose a lot of weight. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah, that's what my that's what my cousin Easy says. Um, when she was in basic training, like that was one of the things that she sat there and kind of oh, because they they also limit the amount of out, outside exposure you can have even with letters, correct? Uh, yeah, so they control mail and everything. Mm. Um, I would oh get God. a letter every day, but we wouldn't get them until the end of the night. And sometimes as a punishment, if we were screwing up or weren't on our game, they would give us our letters, but we weren't allowed to open them. Or they would open them and read them in front of everybody. <laughs> I remember, yeah, because I remember Isis would say that, and I was just like, Oh, because we, we weren't allowed to talk to her. She wasn't allowed to talk to anybody, like, I think on the, on the phone or even writing for the first... 30 days yeah um, for us it was the first week we couldn't talk to anyone we had sundays sunday phone times and that was two minutes per call so <laughs> it, like your family kind of had to be by the phone waiting for you on sunday because even you don't know when you're going to be able to call sometimes you can call in the morning sometimes you can call in the afternoon but we do get very limited exposure to the outside world nowadays these kids have their phones on them all the time oh yeah my cousin actually is one of the reasons why she says that uh when she joined, because she joined when I was like 23, 22, I want to say. Now I'm 32. So 10 years is a hell of a difference. And I know that she says that like when she first came in versus when, the, like you said, the new the new ones are coming in, like it's it's very different because obviously technology has evolved, you know, and become yeah. way more primary daily. Um, but for you, how long did your boot, camp, your boot camp last? I think hers was 90 days. Same, uh, I'm assuming? So if you have boot camp and training in the same location it can be anywhere from I want to say 14 weeks to six months for me I was at Fort Leonard Wooden doing basic training there for nine weeks and then moved to Fort Sam in San Antonio 
to do training for another 18. Oh, wow. Wow, that was a long time. <clears throat> if you could do it all over again, would you do it? I would, but um, I think it would have to be in the same time period that it was. I couldn't do this today with today's soldiers. I, there's no way. Mm-hmm. Why do you think it's they're easier on them? They're <laughs> completely soft. Like it's a it's a known problem right right now with the military with soldiers arriving to units and not being fully trained, not knowing what to do. Soldiers are, I mean, people die behind mistakes like that. Oh, uh, I see. So I wouldn't be comfortable with such carelessness. Oh wow! What was your best memory in boot camp? <laughs> um, it's <laughs> funny. The first three days during reception and in processing, everyone has to get a round of shots. And I mean, you don't know what you're getting at all. But Mm -hmm. um, there's antibiotics to make sure that you don't get sick while you're out. There's antivirals. There's, you know, vaccines, all kinds of stuff. And I'm allergic to penicillin. So the shot that they give is a bicillin shot. It's like peanut butter thick. And it's also frozen when they hand it to you. So that shot, bro, that shot is known to make people's legs go black. Like, it's it's painful. And being allergic to penicillin, I got to walk right about that line. <laughs> Wait, but did you know that going in? Or you, knew that that, you found that afterwards? I knew I, was allergic to, I knew I was allergic to penicillin. But um, when they would say the peanut butter shot, I never knew what that was until oh, okay. they handed me that vial. And I said, oh, hell no. <laughs> mm-hmm. I was like, oh, by the way, I'm allergic. <laughs> okay. Mm. So best, so that's your best memory. <laughs> Honestly, in basic training, yeah. <laughs> wow, wow. It yeah, basic training was kind of shit for me, man. I almost died there. <laughs> um. So me and Chris have had like a lot of discussions. So you know, you know, him being in the military was in the military. You know, he has a lot of brotherhood. You know, they kind of mm-hmm. he formed this brotherhood, and he has all these brothers. He knows a lot of people, um, and I think um, it's pretty unique because you don't get to choose your family right we get to choose our friends but in this situation you don't get i'm sorry you don't get to choose your brotherhood and you kind of just are forced into this and they pluck this person out of obscurity and then you're just this is your brother this is your brother this is your battle buddy this is who you're with and i think it's amazing how they all come together no matter what you look like what your mindset is where you come from you know you're forced into this brotherhood and I kind of want to talk about that because I, I, I can see the connection that he has with a lot of his brothers. Um, so, like, give background, like, what, how y'all, how you form this relationship, this, this brotherhood. And before you answer that question, which one of your brothers is, is, the, is the thickest? I'm <laughs> <laughs> They're all straight. <laughs> Um, that was my question, right? I, but, like, um, I would say, <laughs> uh, yeah, probably my boy Fabian. <laughs> okay. Well, hello, Fabian. Thank you for serving the country. Yeah. No comment. But go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Give me that question one more time. Okay. So I know I just kind of want you to like talk about the brotherhood. Like, what brings that brotherhood together? What fuses that? What may, what you know, you guys are unified. Like, is it were everything you ever, that you went through in boot camp? Yeah, or so you ever, were you ever nervous? Like, especially when it comes to identifying yourself out loud to them as a gay man in the military. 
So I actually served under Obama when he did the uh, the repeal of Don't Ask, Don't Tell. Mm -hmm. So it opened the door for so many soldiers. And I was in a unit with 470 soldiers. And I think about 30 of them came out. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow, <laughs> so that's a big it, number. It, it, yeah, and they all came out within the same 24 hours. As soon as they gave us our information and told us how to conduct ourselves about it, uh, a lot of people were coming out left and right. Um, I personally didn't serve as a gay man. You, should, you know, I didn't make that known. Um, mm -hmm. But the people that knew me and hung out with me personally, they knew. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, most people, <clears throat> they could care less if you're throwing a pig. When it comes down to your medics, they just want to know that you're on your game. So, like, who you screw, they don't look at that. A lot of them knew, um, but they never looked at that or judged me or gave me crap about it. Okay. Uh, just to kind of clear it up, Chris, do you identify as a gay man or a bisexual man? <laughs> I'm bisexual. Oh, my apologies. My bad. No, no, it's fine. We just, want, just wanted to clear it up. You didn't know, so, yeah. I just wanted to clear that up. So, yeah, it's, um, those brotherhoods are forged and formed off of usually one of two bonds. When you're out or in a field-like situation or a hostile environment, you count on that person to be there for you and have your back, to report back to your family if anything ever happened, but to make sure that that doesn't happen. Like there's a fear in both of you and it brings you together. And then also sometimes a lot of times people, they bond over hobbies and those hobbies become like unbreakable bonds. Like all of my friends that I have from the military are either in medicine or deal with cars. Okay. Yeah. That's and, awesome. uh, and then our uh, hobbies we, and strengths bring us together. Gotcha. And you said since you had served during the Obama era, so I'm assuming between 08 to... I joined in 2010. I shipped out for basic training in 2011 and I got out in 2015. Gotcha. Okay, so it's been almost eight years. Okay. Mm -hmm. And then would you sit there and say the, the, the friendships that you developed there carried on even to civilian world? Oh, yeah, definitely. definitely. And are any of them in El Paso? or? Um, a couple. There's a couple. I have um, an old sergeant that's here. He actually just promoted to master sergeant now Word. and picked up his own unit. But like when I was in with him, he was a specialist. Someone that I always looked up to, always took care of his business, always took care of his kids. And to this day, he's still here. Well, he's back here, but he's handling business like you would expect. Like he's he's a great leader. Yeah, Have you ever, that's right. Is there, I'm sorry, I was going to say, has there ever been like a desire to possibly go back in? Or is there like an age out kind of thing? I am, um, I'm medically retired, so I can't go back if I wanted to. <laughs> ah, gotcha, gotcha. Um, was there like a moment while in boot camp when, you know, you're creating these bonds, this brotherhood, where it's like, aha, this guy's my brother, or like, this guy's my best friend? Do, do you have a recollection of that? Like, you get assigned a battle buddy. Uh -huh. um, in basic training, I loved my battle buddy. He was awesome. In AIT, I fucking hated my battle buddy. <laughs> I mean, <clears throat> it, it just sometimes. You, you click, sometimes you don't. Yeah. But no, it, in, in basic, I had more moments where it was like, okay, I see that you're either, like, there are people that were from my same neighborhood that left at the same time as me. My brother left at the same time as me. So that was comforting to know that there were people like me 
struggling or questioning or just unsure because you don't know any truths or any certainty in the military. So that like that brought a lot of us together and it showed us who actually gave a shit. Like who stepped in to assure or reassure your feelings or be there for you when you needed a brother or family. Yeah. Do you would stay in contact with all of them? Most of them? Uh, most of them, yes. Yeah. I had their names on my on the roof of my car. No shit. All of them? Yes. Yep. Yeah. I yes. got Harvey. I got my friend Dan. I got um my friend Christian or my brother Christian, my friend Francis, Stanley, Chris, Lucy, um, <laughs> Rob. Yeah, I got all my the people that record to me, they're in my vehicle. Their names are on the top of my head or my ceiling. Okay. And because you know Ray's Latin in four years, if y'all make it that far, you gonna get him on your bumper? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, we don't put stickers on cars now. But no, no, no. Remember, some like, type of title. <laughs> I, mean, I was gonna say, I was gonna say. Remember when you saw him, Selena? This bumper was blah 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 blah. Selena. Yeah, I don't think he'll ever let me touch his car like that. I've driven it. Um, it's his baby. Um, his number one baby. Um, yeah, that's his first love. <laughs> yeah, I probably will never and because I, I don't know how to drive stick he, he tried to teach me but yeah I don't think that's yeah. ever going to happen um, like, we don't have a lot of patience for a lot of things but good luck <sighs> shade starts early <laughs> anyways so okay last day of boot camp how excited were you what'd you do um, my mother my mom my dad um, my aunts and my sister flew out for my graduation. So the day before graduation, we had family day. And I had missed my family so much. But they all flew out to Missouri, came, spent the day with me. We went and got food, came back. And in typical boot camp bullshit fashion, they smoked the dog shit out of us in our service uniforms in front of our families so they can see that we're not the same kids they sent off. <laughs> Wait, what do you mean smoke? Uh, that's That was their way of chastising us through physical... Exertion. Abuse. <laughs> no, not, like abuse. Physical abuse. <laughs> not abuse. Not abuse. Not abuse, but uh, definitely, it definitely fucks with your mind. <laughs> what What is uh, smoking like? Do they throw tear gas at you or something? No, no, no. Smoking us would be, hey, drop, give us push-ups, mountain climbers, sit-ups, roll, like, flex your stomach down in the middle and arch your back. Like, sag in the middle, arch your back. They would do all kinds of crazy shit to just push our limits physically. Okay. While teaching us a lesson, like, I remember one time we got smoked, and they count everything in cadence, like, one, two, three, and um, our drill sergeant was just yelling at us, don't fuck with me, and I won't fuck with you. <laughs> but that's how we're supposed to be pushing, doing push-ups to that kind of shit. Like, yeah, smoking was no fun. So I know we're about to step out of, like, boot camp phase, but I did want to ask this, because you did tell me a story, and I don't know if you can tell it or not, but... What was one of the things where they conditioned you that was the scariest? Like, I think you know what I'm talking about, right? Um, I don't. <laughs> but well, so what I'm saying is that, so what I'm saying is that kind of like we talked about like the whole kidney thing. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. yeah. During one day of working out, exercising and stuff like that, I flushed out my kidneys. And I had pretty much no salt <laughs> in my body and kept going in and out of consciousness, but was still marching with my unit for over a mile. And other soldiers were carrying me and holding me up 
so that way we wouldn't get in trouble. But the minute we got back to the barracks, they dropped me and I couldn't move. Um, but in the process of me, like my kidneys failing, my body cramping up, my drill sergeant screaming at me to get the fuck up, like just complete lack of empathy in that sense. You are a number to them. You're not a human being. So like once someone came up and told her, hey, this shit's serious. This dude's not doing okay. She started to ease up, but was still screaming at me the entire time up until I left. Wow. So on the behalf of you, Chris, since you don't get in trouble, I would like to say fuck you to that person. And I hope that your kidneys fail one day. I'm struggling. <laughs> I concur. I agree. Um, but yeah, it's no joke. It's definitely not for the week. I can tell you because my cousin would tell me, and even like people that I dated and stuff, like you know, of course, like saying it's not for the week. It really isn't. And yeah, there's, contemplate- there's women. There's women. I'm sorry. There's women that I knew that were in that would find out they were pregnant in the field situation and find out as they're losing the baby. And the unit would come back at them, hey, go get that taken care of and be back in two, three days. After your profile <laughs> or your time off of work slip wow. you know, expires, we want your ass back in the field. There's just there's a big insensitivity about that as far as being a human being. Oh, yeah. And then especially, you know... But you're a soldier first and a person later. Like, you belong to the government when you are under contract. You literally belong to the government just like a prisoner belongs to... State prison. Yeah. Well, I I'm, I remember contemplating going to the army, and then I uh, I saw what was it fried green tomatoes? I think it was the movie. <laughs> and I was like, fuck that! I'm sorry. I was like, you got me fucked up. I'm gonna end up trying to fight somebody to the death, um, or and someone's gonna end up accidentally killing me, and then saying he did it. <laughs> um, <laughs> but no, like you you know the movie I'm talking about, right? Mm-hmm. Are you talking about Saving Private Ryan? Or no, no, no. It's, it's fried it's, green tomatoes. Oh, yeah, okay. I've never seen it either. No, so it has that one guy. If I'm not mistaken, uh, it has that uh, one known uh, drill sergeant. Like, he was in the Texas Chainsaw Massacre movies. I forgot what his name was. But he was like, they originally had contracted him to do um, consulting for a film. Uh, and they were trying to shoot the scene, and they didn't feel like it was being authentic or whatever. Anyway, so he stepped in, and then that, he became an actor after that. Like, because he had drill, you know, he had a army, uh, I think it was army, if I'm not mistaken. Let me look it up. Um, uh, fried. Well, we'll get back to that. So, no, I'm just saying, like, it was, it was just a, it's a very intense movie. Um, I've heard of it. I've never even watched oh, it, wait. though. I didn't Sorry, even know it was army based. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm tripping. Fried Green Tomatoes was with some white women. My apologies. It's the wrong name. <laughs> I thought I was I, like, wait, what? I'm pretty sure you mean Saving Private Ryan. Private Ryan, Ryan. yeah. yeah. Uh, no, no, no. Um, let me see. Well, anyways, the movie that in- kind of inspired me to join the army, if I ever had enough fucking cojones to do that, was um, Forrest Gump. <laughs> <laughs> but really? you know what? You know what? That is such an accurate depiction of how bonds are formed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like him and Bubba. Like, yeah. yeah. Aww, him yeah. and Bubba, Lieutenant Dan. Like when you're yeah. shit together, that that yeah. really forges a relationship. Yeah. Oh, and the guy that I'm talking about is his name was R. Lee Ermy. I don't know who the fuck that oh, is. Oh, it was Full Metal Jacket. I'm sorry, Full Metal oh, Jacket. Oh. Metal jacket. Yes. I'm tripping. I don't yeah. know. Green Tomatoes. <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, ever. Yeah, no, but that, that. So in the beginning, that was a friend of mine, um, a friend Mac, who was in the who was a Marine. 
he says, if you watch the first 20 minutes of this movie, you'll understand how some of these incidents would take place. Because, like, again, like how Chris mentioned uh, when he was marching and his kidneys were failing and he doesn't, like, really recall, like, actually, I never recall, but his body started failing him. Like, and they would get disciplined. Well, this guy in this movie was one of the reasons why they would get disciplined. And again, like, everybody's body is different, right? So, like, to be reprimanded because your body is somehow not fit to another person's body or whatever. Um, well, like, they, they ended up hazing the shit out of him. Yeah, and it that's caused what him smoking to, is. He, okay, so, yeah, and then, like, if you remember in the movie, like, in the middle of the night, they would sit there and beat his ass with, like, so, like a sock full of nickels or rocks or some I shit. I remember that movie. Or yeah. bars of soap. I'm sorry, it was bars yeah, of soap. Yeah, bars of soap or lock in a sock. Yeah, now fuck that. You got one time to do that to me, and it's. Mm-mm. Can you speak about any of the hazing, Chris? You don't. If you can, I mean, you can, yeah, but. we can. It's, hazing is an illegal term. Smoking and punishment. Now that's legal. <laughs> um, oh, okay. Yeah, so we, smoking. Okay. Yeah, smoking. Yeah, I remember one time I got held back after work one day. And our first sergeant told us he wanted six of us to come back and stay. We all had gotten in trouble for different things, but depending on the severity of one person's punishment or their crimes, I guess, committed, we would have to do physical exertion to their stuff while they stood and watched us. So, like, they're standing or sitting to the side, and we're getting our ass handed to us. Okay. They're right. watching you. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Like they're watching just ripping your dignity to shreds. Yeah. yeah meanwhile, we're doing that because of them. Now, with everything that you went through, you know, boot camp, and then your, you know, your work assignments that you were, you know, assigned to in different locations. Um, or actually, I guess to kind of conclude, like when you did your basic training, would you say that throughout all the torment? Like physical, mental, emotional, spiritual. Would we'll you say sit- conditioning? We don't say torment. We'll say conditioning. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a civilian. It sounds like torment. <laughs> <laughs> According to us, yes. Yeah. No, I, I've seen Freddy Krueger kill some people, and it sounds like you got away scot free. Um, <laughs> no, but uh, like, would you sit there and say that there was like throughout all that exertion and, and, and stuff that you recall going through? Would you sit there and say that it? helped or aided in who you became later on or who are you are at the moment like do you appreciate unfortunate do you, do you appreciate that unfortunate circumstance that became a fortunate one yes like the um that saying pain is just weakness leaving the body i hate that shit but it's so true because when we're getting smoked and stuff like that it's physically painful it's mentally draining however we are getting stronger in the process we are learning you know actions and Mistakes have consequences. So it may seem like, oh, he just screwed up over this. But when you get your ass handed to you over a small mistake, you make sure that the big ones don't happen. Uh, There's there's a kind of beauty in that, I feel like, right? Um, Yeah. In discipline, structure, um, reframing your mind and how, like you said, like, if you do this, this can cause to a bigger effect. So if you don't do this, then it doesn't. Yeah. I think that like situational awareness is one of the biggest things that I can say I picked up mm-hmm. from the military. I'm very observant of everywhere that I'm at. Yeah, he's hyper vigilant, hyper vigilant. Yeah. But I could never tell you what I did with my keys five minutes ago. <laughs> I tested him one time. I said, Chris, no, we were talking. He's like, literally, he was looking at me. He's like, this guy's doing this. This guy's doing that. This woman's doing this. I can see this. Oh, yeah. okay. 
Yeah, like he a, literally like a, just like a off the tongue. Hawk. <laughs> <laughs> Let me find out. Um, so it's good that you went through basic training in the military because that prepared you for your relationship with Miss Chichi Rodriguez over here. Bro, yeah, I'm just joking with you. Playing with me, bro. <laughs> hey, hey, you're not wrong. <laughs> no, you know what? Him, Ray, and I have been friends for 13 years, and I we. I remember asking him last year, I was like, do you think we could be the same kind of friends now if we were to meet now? And he was like, no. And because, of course, we're, you know, 13 years later, different people, right? But it's just one of those things where we have learned to know what the other person's significant other is basically in, like, in the... Um, in what the, they're in, in the, for? Yeah, in the end for, you know, like, what kind of rude awakening they have. And then not in a bad way, it's just because... Like there are similarities between him and I, and there's a lot of differences. You know, our like I, our ideology is very different on certain stuff, but we're kind of headstrong in in similar outlets. You know, we we kind of exude that Latin hot temperedness. Um, oh yes. You know, which is you know to a degree kind of sounds like you know like um, racial profiling, but to a degree like we own it. You know, like there is some truth to that. I mean, you probably can attest to it you know um Maybe? no not you no. There's no way. I'm just <laughs> yeah okay he forgot. I'll, he just, forgot I'll say this the machismo is real with him you know and we were talking about no yeah. this is the first time i've heard him say that i can't believe he's saying that that is not true he whatever <laughs> okay. whatever whatever he can listen don't worry chris i got you you're safe <laughs> <laughs> no i'm not gonna go on air and talk about like what um, our b- bumps in the road are, but mm-hmm. you know, it's I'm yes, I'm through and through Mexican and Puerto Rican, so it's I'm spitfire sometimes. Mm-hmm. But I will say that Chris has gotten a very laid back version of my attitude because usually I'm just like I don't give a fuck, keep it pushing. Whereas I do give a fuck and I show emotion and I show vulnerability and I give that to him. I'm not always giving it to him, you know. Sometimes I do go off the rails and I'm I tend to have a bit of attitude yeah. but usually i'm not so what i'm trying to say i'm not the hothead in this relationship so <laughs> okay yeah we believe you right wink wink <laughs> <laughs> okay anyways enough about us <laughs> and me so what comes after boot camp what's uh, the next step if you are in a single unit then you have your uh, basic training and your individual training together if you don't then you go to advanced individual training or ait so you went to AIT, correct? Yeah. And is that where you picked up on the medic side of it? Yes. The first uh, eight weeks or so were okay. learning the civilian side, like the EMT side. The next eight weeks, and mind you, we learned a year-long course in, yeah, six to eight weeks. And um, then we do the Department of Combat Medic training on the other end of that. And that's where you learn the cool, crazy stuff that you see on TV. Was that your favorite? Honestly, what kind yeah. of cool crazy shit? Um, yeah. Like doing <laughs> tracheostomies or trach tubes. Um, you learn a lot. There's, <laughs> it's crazy to name just one. Learning how to seal a gunshot wound, stuff like that. Ooh. Yeah, like you learn a lot of cool stuff that you wouldn't think works. And mm. you learn a lot of ways to make things work. Like your shirt can always be a bandage, can also be a tourniquet. Like there's a lot of stuff like that that we learn. You so know how like how- when you visit the, oh, sorry. No, go ahead. You know, I was gonna say, you know how like you visit the ER room and you're waiting, and you know most of like, 
you know, uh, most people sit there and still like the little gauzes and the little band-aids and the toothpicks, the toothpicks, the Q-tips and shit. Like, mm-hmm. real talk, like, did you ever have anybody who you were, like, taking to the hospital doing that shit? <laughs> like, honestly, oh, my gosh, I, I do remember I had one. <laughs> and he would take the tongue depressors. <laughs> like, for what reason? Like, just, just to do Wait, it? What, he, what is a tongue depressor? The, like the popsicle sticks that they used to push your tongue down. He would take those because he liked sucking on them. He said he liked the taste of it. Oh, okay. Was he like a schizo? Was he a drug addict? Or <laughs> honestly, I don't know what that man looked like. Kiki Palmer says, "I don't know who that man was." <laughs> <laughs> that's when he learned about fetishes, <laughs> that's, right? That's <laughs> he said, "I want to touch that little dangling thing in the back of my throat." Anyways, um, <clears throat> okay, but you know, not to not to give too much of a of a biography on Chris, but like. Now you're in El Paso. So did work bring you to El Paso? Wait, wait, wait. Before we jump there, because I did have a question about his AIT. So when you were in AIT training, doing the medic stuff, how was the approach? Was it, was the intensity is just as much as it was in boot camp? Was it like, oh no, no, were they timing you how you fast you have to do this or? Uh, Yeah, we did have, we had standards and tables that we had to meet. Um, for both sides of training. And we also had tests that we had to maintain an average of. Um, but we had more dignity, we had more rights. We could wear civilian clothes at night. Um, on the weekends, we were allowed to go out, go off post. Our unit was actually the last unit that was allowed to go off post in civilian clothes back in 2011, because <laughs> out of those 400 and something soldiers, I think 152 got written up. Oh, and sure. yeah. It, yeah, it was bad. So after that, they told the soldiers that they leave post. They had to go and wear their uniform if they were in training. Oh, wow. wow. Yeah, it was bad. I got written up that night. A few of my friends got written up. <laughs> <clears throat> so was it like a pass-fail kind of thing? Like, could you, like, fail out of the train? Like- yeah, I actually almost did. <laughs> um, I did well with my tests and my physical tables. I mm-hmm. just could not pass my NREMT. And they give you three chances. If you fail it the third time, you have to pick another job or go home. <laughs> you said NRT? Uh, NREMT, like the N-R-E-M-T. National Registry. Okay. Yeah, the National Registry for EMTs. Oh, okay. So you yeah, passed it I on felt, the third? Yes. <laughs> yeah, it was. that was scary for me. Because when you fail it the first time, you still have to go to the Department of Combat Medic Training, which goes completely against everything you just learned those first eight weeks or so. Like, it goes against everything. As an EMT, they tell you you can administer oxygen and give someone nitroglycerin and an aspirin. Versus with Department of Combat Medic Training, it's like, shove your knee into that motherfucker's chest and, you know, push the wound down so you can... (laughs) Like, it's completely different. What we're allowed to do, what medications we carry, what we're allowed to push, how we're allowed... Even IVs. Like, you can't give that as an EMT. But as a medic, you can. So you're learning everything against what you're getting ready to test about. Yeah. Did you ever miss it, being a medic? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it honestly sparked my interest to do nursing when I got out. Okay. So you're yeah. an RN now? No. Um, I did my LVN program and mm-hmm. wanted to go do my RN program, but injuries and stuff that I had from the military prevented me from that. Gotcha. Okay. Well, that's awesome. Um did you end up in El Paso from a work assignment or by choice or? 
Yeah, I came here right after San Antonio or after AIT. Okay, so you're showing uh, signs of Latin fever, clearly, from <laughs> San Antonio to El Paso. <laughs> no comment. Does he, have, does he have a type? Is that what you're asking? It's okay. My white boy likes danger, too. Yeah. I mean, I'm not saying you're white, but... <laughs> I, like, I like to live life on the edge. <laughs> I always tell him, too. It's like one day... I always used to joke with Zachary and say, hey, you know what? You know, with me, you'll you'll laugh. You'll be concerned. You'll go to sleep. You might not wake up. You know, it's a gamble. Yeah. With Ray, it's you'll love him to death, but you're probably going to want to punch some walls. I literally you know, told him that the first fucking mm-hmm. day I told him that. I said, I'm the hey, most loyal, faithful person you will ever meet. But, bro, I'm going to test your emotional and physical capabilities. I'm, you're going to want to put a hole in the wall a few times with me. And, you and know, he didn't believe me, but... In all fairness, knowing the piece of shits that he dated, uh, I mean, they weren't all piece of shits in the beginning, but they all turned into it towards the end. Um, You know, that kind of stuff molds you into the reason why you kind of have to test people's, like, durability because you want to see, I know this is kind of really weird that we have this, like, obsession of almost, like, testing people. Um, But, I mean, you know, as we're getting older and stuff like that, you know, I always tell people you can lose the weight, you gain, you can gain the weight, you lose. Um, you can make the money back you've lost, but you can't get back your time. So, you know, he means it very well, if it makes any sense. But also, you... I have the best think, intentions, is yeah, what I'm yeah, trying yeah. to say. Best intentions, yeah. yeah. I mean, I don't know about the best intentions, but, you know, yeah, yeah, you're good. <sighs> Anyways. So what comes after the AIT? Uh, you go to your unit. Okay, and how long were you in your unit? Uh, I was here at Fort Bliss for the rest of my time. I got sent on other little missions in other areas, but um, Fort Bliss was pretty much where I stayed my entire time. Actually, and then, like, serious question, not a joke or anything like that. You've been in El Paso for how long now? Since January 21st, 2012. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Okay, wow. So, quick question. Did you, by any chance, have to help with the Walmart shooting that took place there? I actually was out of town that weekend. I oh. loved I loved to travel, and um, I was gone. Yeah, I was about four hundred miles away from that. Gotcha. Okay. Um, my uh, my mom's best friend lives there. She owns a flower shop, like, um, and it's like all purpose kind of flower shop. So she kind of uh, did most of the. Uh, well, she did actually all of the. Uh, I forgot what they're called. The flowers. There were flower arrangements for that. So oh, yeah. I was just curious. <clears throat> Yeah, no, I was nowhere near when that happened. Okay, so well, after you're, like, assigned to your unit, right, then you're officially coming out, right? This is when you start to retire? Um, or, when I was getting out, it's because I got hurt. So okay. the conditions and stuff that I was going through, I was having a lot of surgeries. Those issues ended up making me unfit for duty. So like I told you earlier, to the military, you're a number, you know, yeah. and when you can't perform to the number that you expected you'd get dropped and replaced with another number it's like a gear in a machine you know you can replace one gear but you're not going to throw away that entire machine yeah so like once i started getting um, a lot more medical issues or once more medical issues started to arise uh, they told me hey you're unfit for duty so thanks for playing army here's some disability if you're lucky (laughs) wow Mm. Wow. Well, I mean, okay, so this is you coming out because of medical issues, right? So now mm-hmm. you're 
coming back into the civilian life. How was that reacclimating, coming being back a civilian? Oh, you know, it like was process? so scary. It was so scary. <laughs> um, you get used to things being a certain way and holding a certain standard. It makes it extremely difficult to be in relationships to deal with people. Like a lot of times, you can always tell who the veteran is in a class. Mm. Like you can always tell. Just like most people, you can pick up when there's a felon in the room. You can pick up when there's a veteran in the room. It sounds almost kind of like PTSD. It, it, in a sense, it can be. Um, but that's if you don't have the skills, the counseling, don't accept the help. A lot of times in the military, people don't go and get help for the issues they need because you don't want to be looked at as less than. Mm-hmm. So mm. when they get out, they end up still struggling with those demons that they had when there was a gun in their hands. And now there's no unit, no routine, no, no like action of recourse to get you back on track. So it, it gets hard. Um, but yeah, how long? How long did it take you to kind of like slowly adjust into civilian world if you ever kind of did? I still have my triggers, my issues um, to this day. Mm-hmm. But a lot of people transfer out and they find or pick up passions or hobbies that kind of step in the way so they have a big outlet for it. Um, the rest of us found therapy late. Okay. And now, just because I'm like a sentimental kind of person, like what advice would you give somebody who's dating somebody who was in the military who potentially could have triggers kind of similar or different to yours? Like what mm, advice would you give one. them? That's a good uh, one. I would honestly say be open to learning and be open to what you learn today may not be what the issue is or yesterday. Like yesterday's price is not today's price. Yesterday's crazy. Yesterday's trigger may not be today's trigger. Mm-hmm. So now be open to it's because just as you're learning us, we're trying to learn how to become us outside mm-hmm. of a uniform. Do well, you I ever like have that. any? Like yeah, that. that's really good. Like it kind of leads me into my 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 double question. Like, do you think that sometimes because of the army and then like kind of getting reacclimated to civilian life, do you think that sometimes there's a struggle between identity? Oh yeah. Um, it would really pour out into my relationships. My ex would tell me, I'm not your soldier, I'm your partner. And I would have to sit back and think, like, oh, shit, he's right. But I need shit done a certain way or that. Like, it's yes or no. Like, I, it <clears throat> it kind of gives you, how do I put it? It gives you a, a different perspective. You have to learn that with people on the outside, there is a gray area, there is a maybe, there is a, well, I thought, or, Versus with us, there's no grace period for that. Yes or no? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes or no? That's really yes. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So it sounds kind of like that the person needs to come with a big sack of patience. Yes. Okay. That's good. They got to well, have a big sack. No. <laughs> shut up. <laughs> All right. But you know what, though? Like, we've been in here for almost 50 minutes now. Actually, not 51. You know, and I don't want to sound like we're like some CNN special either. We're like, Chris, please tell us what, you know, kind of make a little fun too and agree. Like question, like, do you think that, because again, for me, I'm, I'm like the, Ray likes to call me the, uh, uh, 
uh, what the hell do you call me, Ray? When it comes to like uh, I'm the ace in the hole or something I about you, oh, I wild card. Yeah, <laughs> he calls me the wild card. So you know, for me, like I'm curious. Like, do you think that any of your kinks that you may have developed were any of them stemmed from you know the military? Yes. Yeah. Pushing your limits uh, mm. in the bedroom it definitely came from that. All right. Can you demonstrate on air? <laughs> Bro, I'm gonna, smack the shit out of you. I'm gonna smack the shit out of you, okay? I, was I didn't say on me. You. <laughs> you know this fucking uh, interview's over. Bye, bitch. I'm gonna <laughs> um, no, that's a really good question. Um, I think that as you are going through this, you really learn a lot about yourself, not just like identity-wise, but no sexually. So I feel like that's like a good question. I mean, kind of a good jump off to like start the conversation of like when did you realize that you were bisexual um high school (laughs) but uh when did you start getting active i guess yeah uh when i got out of christmas break in ait i went home and um yeah got on grinder (laughs) (laughs) um that's awesome now Uh, yeah i think i turned 18 and then uh maybe not even a month later yeah so hold on, because I'm not kind of done with this question bisexuality, right? Because oh, I've always man. been kind of curious about it. Because you know, before you know, three or four years ago, I didn't believe in bisexuality in men, women, yes, right? <clears throat> um, but men, I really didn't believe in it up until a couple years ago. So, how does it work with men and women? Are you like emotionally attracted to men, but physically attracted to women? I mean, I know, but they don't. So I just kind of want to like. I like kill sex. It. We'll just leave it at that. Um, Pansexual. No, no, I don't. Oh. I don't get down with everybody. Ah, um, gotcha, gotcha. Um, I like sex, but emotionally, I can't connect with women long term. Like that whole thing of it's your time of the month and being more sensitive and open to those issues. It's like, bro, this shit happens every month. Get used to it. I don't have that compassion like that. Oh, so you're toxic? In, in a sense. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, like, I don't have that emotional bandwidth for that. Mm-hmm. Um, but with men, you know, it's a lot easier to get down to the root of our issues. Like, you're hungry, horny, you're tired. What's up? <laughs> but it, it's wait, a lot Wait, of... right, so I'm curious. Would you say that that's the case with me, Chris? Oh, hell yeah. Yeah? Yeah. Is it that simple? Sometimes, because it takes teeth pulling to get you to say which one it is. But, yeah, most of the time, it's one of those three. You know what? We're going to flip the question now on to Chris about Ray. We're going to make this really interesting, okay? Oh and no, and don't worry. You got you got safety net with me. And don't worry. Also, you you know, I'm pretty sure you can make him pass out or whatever. Anyways, um, <laughs> <laughs> what would you say was the one thing about Ray that immediately drew you in to say, I need to get to know this person? His determination and his ambition. He's so yeah. driven. He is so fucking driven. It's ridiculous. Yeah, we call that Mexican pride. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, <laughs> no, I'm just messing with you. No, but and it's one of the things that I've given Ray props over the past 13 years, more so eight. Um, just because when he puts his mind and his focus on something, there is no deterring deterring him from it. Um, because he is going to do it with or without you. Like he is. Yeah. He's Very like in, true. He's, in, he's independent women who don't need no man, you know? Who said that? Anyways, crazy. Um, no, 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 Ray. 
Now, yeah. I asked him about you. Now, what is the one thing about Chris that drew you to him? So, can I tell the story, Chris, of how you approached me? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, so Chris hits me one day. So, you know, it's season two of the... We're about to start season two. We haven't started, sorry. And me and you were kind of in a rut, Geo. We were fighting, right? Mm. ish ish mm. right because it was around <laughs> september so he shoots a shot basically he gets mm. he slides into my dms he's like hey you seem blah 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 i really would like to get to know you and i'm like well you know what real quick <laughs> our friends on there our friends on there he didn't even friends he did not even friends on me he said i'm not friendly <laughs> oh that too i'm not a friendly person but you know we'll get to know and so he kind of just led with that and then the conversation never stopped we got to know each other more and more and then not only did i find a liking to him i really um i found his background to be very unique here's this articulate man who was in the mm -hmm. army and on top of that you know he facilitates building cars mm -hmm. so it was like nothing that i've ever been approached by usually it's a hairstylist usually it's a nine to five or something like that with him it's just it's such a different world and this emotional willingness to want to get to know me, mm -hmm. like not even on a physical level, because there's so much, I'm not going to make it all about that, but Chris really has a lot of patience. And I mm -hmm. love that about him. That's the one thing that made me fall in love with him was his patience. He, he wouldn't get upset. He wouldn't get mad about something. It's either yes or no, like he says. So like how he applies that to other people, he also applies that to himself. So I love that because of his patience. He is not someone who just, he's not a liar. He gives me something real to fill. And the, I've, I've said this before. I just, when I choose people and I fall in love with them, you know, it's never about what's outside. But with Chris, literally, I am fell in love with him from the inside out. Like, Aww. that's Aww. so, yeah. <laughs> Wait, oh, I know. Look ass. at me being fucking vulnerable, <laughs> and it's being archived. I was saying, look, and look at us attacking him's vulnerability, like with you know toxic traits. Like, oh, sounds like an ass. <laughs> well, you know what? That's great, Ray. I'm glad. I'm glad. But you told me it was the way that he made them cheeks clap. But you know, hey, whatever. Wait, <laughs> what is going on? Right <laughs> I'm now? Just joking. Oh my god. <laughs> I mean, come on. Now. It was You're a joke. Um, let me ask you a question um, for both of y'all, actually. So y'all kind of did the whole little, not whole little, that sounds horrible. Y'all did the whole kind of like cohabitate, cohabitate, oh my God. Um, cohabitating. Oh, yeah, yeah. El Paso. Yeah, like, let me ask you a question. Like, because <laughs> of being, oh my God. <laughs> yeah. No, trust me. No, trust me, Chris. He told me everything. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But you know, but you know what's so funny though, is I told him, I know exactly what both of y'all are going through because it's when somebody comes down and invades your space, like it's very mentally draining, emotionally yes. draining. And it's just like, unless you have a big enough place to sit there and kind of like house one of you upstairs in a different corner and the other one downstairs on the opposite end, like you're gonna be so close in proximity that like you don't have enough time to really re recharge. But one of the things that I did tell Ray is that is needed in relationships because yes. that tells you <laughs> if you are able to make it together the day that you ever decide to 
you know, to to basically become, you know, one household, you know? Um, and it was something that Zach, I mean, trust me, like Zachary and I, we have been, we're already on year five and it was, we're now on the year two, actually year three of living together. And it was an adjustment. I'm not saying that y'all are anywhere close to that, but it's just to like being able to blend the two worlds in, like seeing each other's habits, unfortunately seeing and, and, and seeing, sorry, unfortunately seeing the, the not so attractive moments in the morning or in the middle of the afternoon or whatever. Right. Um, yeah, that motherfucker told me I had morning breath one day, but what? Uh, we all do though. <laughs> That's just, oh, yeah, so not me. Greg's so <laughs> <laughs> kind of like Christian Wig from uh, what was it? Um, the what was that movie with all the brides? Oh, bridesmaids. <laughs> yeah, all the bridesmaids. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Where like Ray goes into the bathroom and gets all prettied up, and then comes back into the bed and it's just like, oh, I'm just barely waking up. <laughs> um, <laughs> but no, let me ask you a question. Like, was was that something? that was kind of new for you to experience after such a long time or sh- such a short amount of time? I mean, cause you know, the dating world is, is a trial and tribulation, you know? So like, yeah. was that something that like kind of set up all your red flags or not red flags, set up all your like alarms, like, holy shit, this person's touching my belongings. This person's here. Like, oh my God. Like, you know, like almost kind of like mm. that, 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 it definitely tested, I want to say it tested both of us. <laughs> it definitely tested me. Um, I'm just not used to people in my space. Mm-hmm. I don't, I just, even in relationships, like I like to have my own room in the house or have an area where that's just my area. And um, it's it was smaller here at the time because of my roommate situation. But um, yeah, it definitely, <laughs> it definitely tested us. Oh, yeah, I mean, and that's again gave, to be. He had. gave you a very generic response. He gave oh, you I a know, very generic I response. It's fine, it's fine. I remember that phone call. I'm just like, yeah, yeah. Like, trust me when I say I was like, fuck it, I'm done. <laughs> no, nope, trust like, me, Zachary. You know yeah, it was just a lot. It was a learning process. Like, you know what? This just just your anxiety. Like, you're not where you're yeah. at. You're not used to this, so you need to let your feelings guide you rather than your anxiety. Yeah. And see, and he that, finally told me what mm-hmm. was bothering him. And then I just, I fell back. And I was like, okay, cool. I'm not going to put what it was, but because mm-hmm. that's not for everyone to know. I don't want to let anyone in fully like that. So those who know, no, need to know. But mm-hmm. yeah, so he finally told me what was bothering him. Uh-huh. Because like, I think after I started coming in and doing certain things, he finally opened up and he was like, Ray, like, stop. Ray, this is what it's doing. This is what's happening. And then I was like, oh, okay. So that's why he's being... You know, he's kind of pacing. He's kind of disassociating in a way. Um, let me fall back, you know, because I'm the kind of I'm the person who's like, you don't got to continue to tell me that the stove's hot. You tell me one time. That's it. I'm not touching it. You know what I mean? <clears throat> so, yeah. So I think that we really in from that point of view, we 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 started to learn. We started to understand. And I did more so because I'm coming into his world, into his space. Mm-hmm. And it's very different, um, especially how he does things, how he is who he is and I have to learn that, that and respect that. And, mm-hmm. but also at the same time, like it, it helps me with my patience. Yeah. He disciplines me in that way. And I, and I love that because that's the upside of it where I'm just like, I learned to just be like, okay, Ray, shut up, take him, listen to what he's saying and keep it moving. You know what I mean? Yeah. And just apply it and keep it moving. So, yeah. And you know, the awesome Ray, that not everything is a level 10 situation. <laughs> <laughs> 
You know, mm. funny is he would actually tell me that exactly like throughout the years of our friendship is that Geo not everything's a, as a battle. And, you know, as I got older, I also had to realize that that was true even in relationships. Like, yes. you know, one of the promises that I made that Zachary and I made to each other back in 2022 was that I didn't want to go into 2023 yelling or having these arguments where like they just didn't have to exist, you know, like. We were going to take however long it needed to talk things through so the other person felt heard and not ignored and the other person owned up to their shit and nobody was out there blaming each other. Uh, and to, to people who aren't necessarily familiar with how our relationship works, it looks like an argument. But what it is, is it's an opportunity to air out everything that's bothering us to have a conversation. It's kind of like how, you know, Ray and I, when we do the intro to the to the pod, he talks about, you know, like it's up to listeners to, you know, to decipher if it's a conversation or a confrontation. So it's the same thing even for our relationship is that we are having a conversation, but to others, it may look like a confrontation. And it's about being able to express what you need to get off your chest and you know and what are you gonna what you're gonna do to move forward instead of move backwards right all right thank you maury (laughs) (laughs) no i'm kidding (laughs) so before we do wrap it up i do want to kind of touch base on the afterlife you know when you're finally a civilian you've kind of been acclimated you know you've been in your relationships and everything you facilitate building cars i really want to highlight that because we don't have too much of our community um, who does that, right? Like, well, not in my world. I'm not familiar with mm-hmm. any of that, right? I feel like that's kind of like finding an astronaut that's gay, you know, or bisexual, sorry, in this case. So for me, it's kind of very mm-hmm. foreign. Um, yeah, Chris, do you want to talk about that? Like where, when you started falling in love with cars? Um, when I got stationed at Fort Bliss, I had brought my car from home, which was like a 92 Honda Accord. It was on its last leg, and my mom told me, ride that car till the wheels fall off. And literally the next week, the front wheels fell off. (laughs) So I had the (laughs) chance to buy a new car, and I just immediately took a liking to car culture, the community. Um, My sister's dad used to bring me out to work on cars with him as a child. So I learned a lot. And even as a kid, I would um, do side jobs, like change brakes for people and stuff to make money. So it just, it became a hobby that really took off from there. That's awesome. And what is your favorite car of all time? Oh, Porsche 911. Oh, Porsche 911. Okay. Porsche 911. All right. You ever that? Um, yes, but that man keeps coming up with different fucking makes and models. So I don't think that you can really ask him because he'll sit there and tell you, well, it depends. Because <laughs> uh, he's actually restoring a, a Packard at the moment. Oh, nice. Um yeah I, he was just, like he was just like it's it's a because i'm not a car guy like i'm one of those guys who are like super ignorant when it comes to cars i'm just like hey okay yeah. you know, just you know whatever but I, the basics kind of yeah like i mean i know like the basics like in regards to like the top 10 making models and all that stuff like me my ocd keeps me like maintenance in my vehicle when it needs to cleaning my car like every twice to three times a week like i do all that stuff but like what makes something um move or you know tick or whatever the fuck that's not me but i will tell you that because zachary does love cars that's actually the engagement ring that i got him i got him a titanium ring that was actually shaped like a car piston 
I actually, that's so funny. That's the ring that I've always wanted. <laughs> oh, well, look at that ring. Hmm. No, he told me. He told me. I was like, hey, this is what Gio's doing. What does this mean or whatever? He's like, that's actually really cool. That's actually really mm -hmm. creative. Yeah, he told mm -hmm. me when I showed him and everything. So, yeah. Yeah, I can't take the full credit for it because Brent's best, I'm sorry, Brent, uh, the best friend, Brent, also uh, was the one who helped me find it. So that's that's Zach's best friend is Brent. And he he they both love cars. And I can sit there and watch that um, UK show on Amazon about cars and shit. And they'll love it and all that other shit. Um, but yeah, no, like I wanted something because Zach's a gearhead. He'll tell you that. He drives a 2014 uh, Ford Mustang. He wanted this, a GT. It was a specific make and model he wanted. He went and found it. And yeah, I just, when I proposed to him and stuff, I wanted him to have something that was near and dear and important to him. Yeah. yeah. Um, since Chris, Ray when did you what? Oh, hold on. Since Ray's not text uh, checking his text messages, Chris, um, do me a favor. In the midst of whatever he's about to ask you, find us the quote of the day that you would like to close out with. You're really gonna put him yeah. on the spot? Oh my. Yeah, I was trying to text you to make it like very, you know, hush hush, but you ain't texting me back. Yeah, sorry, I'm <laughs> fixated on this right now. Okay, so while you're doing that, Chris, I did want to ask you. So you fell in love with cars around that time. Um, then you fell into the field of marketing, right? Mm -hmm. With cars. Yeah. Um, what motivated that? Like, how did you get into that? Who did someone take you under their wing? Like, how did you learn about that? This man that um, I met while I was in the army, he took me under his wing and showed me an entirely different side of it. Like building cars, what parts do what? Um, and showed me the marketing side of it as far as how to reach out to companies and get their interest and um, get them to jump on board with your your uh, builds or ideas. And me naturally, I'm a little, <laughs> I can be a little manipulative or persuasive, so it came naturally to me. Mm, okay, selling, marketing. Yeah, I yeah, can see that. Your toxic yeah, trait helped you. Great. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so when you first started going to SEMA, and can you kind of explain what SEMA is? So SEMA is the Specialty Engineering Marketing Association, which mm. basically that's every everything aftermarket for your vehicle from rims, brakes, tires, lighting, um, everything. I mean, even the big makes or even the big makes and brands are there. Um, they all get together in Vegas, and we convene for a week, showing off the new products that are to come, the new products that have just been released, um, and the builds that we've been working on. And how long when, have you been going? I'm sorry? How long have you been going to SEMA? Since 2014. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Almost When's the years. next convention? Um, November. Oh, okay. Is it the same time every year or does it change? Yeah, it's it's always the first Tuesday of November. So if Halloween comes on the Tuesday, then it'll be Halloween to like the second or the third. But it's always the first week of November. Okay. Well, just because you dated my best friend, just remember anything that interferes with Halloween will always have to come second place because uh, Halloween oh is God. number one. I'm not, I'm not that big. Halloween in Vegas. Sure. Honestly, Halloween in Vegas is a whole nother vibe. Um, explain. It is. I mean, everyone's coming from a different area and a lot of people in the local community too. Mm -hmm. They're all coming out. They're all showcasing their stuff. Um, the costume contests that they have, even on the strip, are just so elaborate. There was one woman that had over 4,000 flowers on her costume. Oh. And they were, yeah, like, she was, um, she was, like, one of the chicks. She was an, a live sugar skull from, like, Dia de la Muerto. Oh, okay. Oh, she might not have no allergies. So, <laughs> right? <laughs> it was such a beautiful co uh, costume. And then, like, you see people with their creativity really comes out. Like, the, um, 
the twins from like Uncle Tom's Cabin or from Lovecraft Country, they there was these two girls that did that and they were spot on with it. Looked exactly like them, carried themselves like them, like they studied that character. And a lot of people just go there to show it all off. Okay. Well, just well, I mean, you did Fort Lauderdale, Geo, in Halloween. I heard that's pretty big. So maybe we need to check out Las Vegas next. <laughs> Look, I love me some Halloween. We are floating idea. I think we're actually going to go to Seattle this time. Or they talked about Boston. I don't know. We're also going to mm. go to PV next January. So we just, you know, that's already official, oh. like a w- referee with a whistle. But oh. just as an FYI, Chris, I would love for you to actually come on later on for another episode. Um, because I actually told uh, told Ray that I, I do think that the LGBTQ plus community um, should not necessarily run away from being a gun owner, but to be able to understand the um, responsibilities and the benefits to being able to protect yourself under the Second Amendment. Yeah, uh, no, I think I that's mean, a very good idea. Yeah, because mm-hmm. Chris owns a lot of guns and he knows a proper way to use them <laughs> so yeah i do have videos of that so. right it's okay though chris because ray gets a slicing oh my god you're so stupid oh my god that is so true uh no but uh no but i would really love to have your input on that because you know Zachary. how many cars like, sh- are you responsible for most expensive one um when they released the 2015 or 2016 Camaro, they released it that same year. Usually they release cars in September, uh, October, that time frame. They released that car in February of the calendar year. So it made it really hard to get any parts for or anything like that. And it was a one-of-a-kind car, the way that they redid the body, uh, body on it and everything. So I was able to build one of those that was like number 48 off the manufacturer and um, actually get everything started for that car for aftermarket ordering through Megan Racing. That one was probably my most expensive build because the overhaul and everything that they put on that vehicle is about $25,000 worth of parts alone. About $50,000 worth of um, fabricating and specs and the R&D teams. Like that, people don't just do that for free. So, I mean, it took a lot of money and effort and people chasing careers to do that. Mm-mm. That's awesome. So, followers, awesome. baddies, listeners, Chris is the plug. If you ever need to build <laughs> or you want to do anything like that, you can reach out to me to get to him. Or if you already know him, reach out to him. You know, we just want to plug that. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, I just wanted to talk about that a little bit because you know he, that's what he currently does now. He loves what he does. He is a big car guy, and he's really good at that. Um, so, yeah. Well, that's good. But I think that's it. I think yes. we covered pretty much yeah. everything. Um, we did. I felt like we gave a PG-13 version from what I expected and what me Chris, me and Chris talked about. Because, you know, <clears throat> there's certain things that, you know, he's okay with talking about and then he's not. And that's totally okay. So, you know, maybe at some point later on, he may want to talk more about it, his experience. You know, we will have him back because I do feel like I do like the whole um, how to handle a gun properly. Right. And mm-hmm. the importance of owning a gun. Um, if that's what you want to do, I feel like. That's yeah, we're not trying to push the narrative that you should go, but yeah. I mean, with the attacks on our community that are so blatantly in our face, mm-hmm. it's it's honestly kind of Neither. silly not to. Yeah, it's silly not to. Like, even with this last shooting in Colorado, it was stopped by a drag queen and a veteran. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, <laughs> like, seriously. It, it comes down to you guys, well, not you guys, but we all need to learn 
to defend and protect ourselves. And like my mom, I would always tell her, I said, you know, with being gay and carrying a gun, I said, I tell my friends, you can tuck a sack or you can tuck your pills, you can tuck anything, but you can't tuck your weapon that can save your life. <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. Wow. Preach. You know, give me a little snap. Okay. That should have been the quote. <laughs> that <laughs> right. that was right. a great, a great outro. Okay, yes. cool. Um, but yeah, so that's pretty much it. I don't know, Joe, if you have mm-hmm. any more questions for Chris? No, I, I think that we've covered, you know, with being a little bit of us introducing him and who he is to you. And, you know, the we're definitely looking forward to responses on this episode. And then in the future, you know, not overwhelming him, but, you know, talking about the, the, the gun safety and the protocol and all that good stuff. Um, yeah, no, I really do appreciate you, Chris, taking the time and wanting to get this done because I know that your boyfriend's probably been you know on your ass about this one especially since this was Have dropped I? in December okay. <laughs> nah, no, no. but I mean but you know and I, and I get it like I said I told him I said you know I respect you know the decision to push it back you know it's whatever I knew it was going to happen it just was just going to happen whenever the time was right yeah questions for us free form whatever no. you, know, you don't have to no no I don't <laughs> Okay. That's... You guys live so openly. It's like anything that you want to know, you can just, it's there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, seriously, we are an open book. Well, not Joe anymore because he's not on IG, so. No. <laughs> you know what? Uh, speaking of that shit, you know what? I woke up to this morning on Facebook to some motherfucker in Vietnam hacked my account on Facebook and started uploading fucking random videos. And like now I had to like do the verification thing. So like my Facebook account's deleted too until they verify me. And I'm like, what the fuck? What the fuck? <laughs> I just like <laughs> you know. I'm like, no. I'm like, I don't I don't even use Facebook like that. I just use it for like the stories and shit. But you can find me on Twitter, ass out and everything. Just saying. <laughs> <laughs> plug, 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 shameless plug. <laughs> All right, boy. Oh, actually, Thank no, and I got some exciting news to tell you. So Zachary and I actually are an official LLC now. We came up with our own name, got approved, and it's licensed ours. Oh, it's called, good. yeah, Chubby Concepts. And your taxes will be cheaper now. <laughs> you, you, you're damn right. <laughs> yeah. no, seriously, that's no, that's really the plus of getting an LLC. So oh, it's yes. like cheaper taxes. We'll so start that's a, a great thing. So uh, Rihanna, Fenty wear, y'all better watch out because Chubby Concepts will come for that ass. <laughs> All right, Chris, do you have a quote? Do you have a, maybe a special quote that you like saying or anything that you want to wrap up with? Uh, sure. Uh, with the new day comes new strength and new thoughts. I love that. I like that. Amen. Amen. All right. Well, that's, um, we're out till next time again, Chris. Thank you so much for doing that. Gio, talk to you later. Yes. And just remember next month, Scream 6 comes out. And we will cover that. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right, buddies. Peace, love, and cinema. Talk to you later. Adios. Bye. Bye.